Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Before we get started today, I want to give a shout out to Elizabeth Smith. She made a contribution to the show, and every little bit helps, folks. Uh, you too can help keep the lights on if you enjoy Zen Sandwich. Uh, just go to zensandwich.com. There's two ways to do it there. Either one works just the same. One's through Patreon, one's through PayPal. And I'll give you a shout out on the show. And I'll even send you a, uh, a handmade washi postcard. My wife and I make traditional Japanese paper here in Japan uh, called Washi. And so I'll make you a postcard and uh, print a specific or particular image on it for you and send it to you wherever you are in the world. So uh, thank you once again, Elizabeth Smith, and your postcard is in the mail. So without further ado, my guest today is a best-selling author, an award-winning coach. In fact, he was just informed a few days ago, he won another award uh, that'll be announced in December. Uh, I'm announcing it publicly now, but uh, he's a a proud dad, a a part-time chef. I'll claim that particular accolade myself, an accountant and a psychologist. He's run multiple successful businesses, and he's experienced homelessness. By his own admission, he has struggled and he has thrived. Wherever you are in life, uh, chances are he's been there, done that, or something very similar. He joins me now from somewhere that's very high on my bucket list of places to go, Aberdeen, Scotland. Welcome to the show, Anurag Rai. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Mark. So, Anurag, I, I want to start, or I want to get to your background eventually, but I, I would rather start with some stances that you take that stand out to me and are part of the reason, part of the multitude of reasons I asked you to come on the show. So, mm-hmm. I'm just going to read one and then... Uh, and ask you to just expound upon it. Um, So in your words, the more you need to win the game, the more likely you are to lose it. Winning the game is not about the numbers on the scoreboard. It's about the experience of playing it. When you enjoy the experience, you will play a better game, and the numbers will be taken care of. So a key skill to master is the ability to create a separation between the game of life and the experience of life. It is easier than you think because we don't experience reality. We experience our stories about the reality. I I love that. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So this is the fundamentals of the work that we do, um, that I do with my clients, is to help them create that separation when when our experience of life is not dependent on on the game of life. Because usually what happens is, Whenever we're trying to do something new, um, 
we are worried. We are we we we've got this fear um, of of failure or all those fears that that are there. And then when we start doing that thing, if if we have a setback, what happens is the experience of 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 the whole whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start feeling bad. We start feeling okay. Well, maybe we can't succeed, and that that impacts our game again. And and we kind of enter into this negative spiral where we keep going down because we are feeling bad. We are mm-hmm. playing bad, and because we are playing bad, we are again feeling worse, mm-hmm. and then and, and so on. If we could create that separation between the experience and the game, regardless of whether we are winning or losing, we are always feeling good. Mm-hmm. So slow, like sooner or later, the game will catch up because because you perform well when you feel well, and and that's been that's been proven by science. The people call it the state of flow when right. when we yeah, when we are feeling and 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 in the zone. Yeah. So that's that's what i mean by that um, creating that separation another important reason why we should aim for that is in order to create a dream it takes about 10 plus years mm. if you, if you got a good good ambitious dream and when you get there you realize and and we hear people like all successful talk, people talking about this then when they got there they realize okay well it's not it. They want to go somewhere else, right? Right. Right. So, so I see. I, I always say it takes about ten plus years to, to get to your dreams, and it only takes about a couple of days to live it. Huh, yeah. So <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, and uh, and you know my and dreams evolve or or you know or you get there and they're you know the elation it only lasts for a few moments and then you realize like, okay, well, well now what, <laughs> you know, people yeah. forget, people forget, I think to enjoy the journey along the way. They're just always yeah. looking at the goal and it's like, yeah. well, life is the journey itself. Uh, yeah. You, you've mentioned a word that I use a lot here, uh, flow, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cause you know, that's, that's a Zen thing right there is to get into the flow of things. Well, Give us a, you know, and I know that this might require someone to, well, hire you as a coach and, and go through sessions and, and practice and, and and change their mindset. But give us a, a snippet of like how we can do that, how we can stop that negative spiral that you were talking about when it happens. When, you know, when this podcast doesn't get as many downloads as I think it should and I start feeling bad about it. Well, how do I stop my negative spiral? How do I get out of that? It's about so what we often do is we take information as the definition so uh, whether the podcast got enough downloads or whether um, what people think about me or they say about me or all those different things they're all just information hmm. it's not the definition of who i am or or my work right there's um, there's research that uh, our brain every every second our brain receives about 11 million bits of information from our senses yeah. And out of those 11 million bits, we can only process like the conscious mind only processes 40 bits per second. So whatever people think, see or 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 say about us is based on the 40 bits they see. It's not the whole 11 million bits about us. Hmm. And a key thing to achieve what you're talking about is to understand the difference between conscious and unconscious thinking. So human beings are born with only two kinds of fear, fear of falling down and fear of loud noises. <laughs> all, all other fear is created. I mean, like fear of lions eating, like back in the state of nature, when we're all just cave people. It, I mean, 
what about like fear of other animals killing us? <laughs> no. So if you see a, a small, a small kid, like I'm talking about when, when we were born and very small kid, mm-hmm. right? First time they see the spider, they get curious. They probably want to touch the spider ah. until, until another person comes in and say, watch out the spider, don't touch it. Right. And it's not the spider they get scared of. It's, it's the other person shouting or screaming or, or, or expressing their fear. That's right. And so we are born as empty slate. We hear food, uh, sorry, we eat food and we miraculously change that food into body. Mm. We have thoughts, we change them into beliefs. Mm. So everything is created. Yeah. Whatever is created can be ours, but cannot be us. It's interesting. It's fascinating. You know, when I, when I was a boy, I used to grab little snakes and luckily they were, uh, they were just like little garden snakes or whatever, little green, harmless snakes. But yeah. when my, yeah, when my mother caught me doing it once, she freaked out and <laughs> just, you know, and now I kind of, I don't have a fear of snakes, but I have an apprehension of them. I just like, Whoa, I don't, I, I don't want to mess with that thing. But yeah, yeah. as a bo- boy, I was completely curious and I didn't think anything about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 hundred percent. So another key thing about flow is, so if, if you look, look at the flow graph, right, there's a, the level of stress mm-hmm. and the amount of tasks or, or our performance. So as the stress goes up initially, mm-hmm. our performance goes up as well, but there comes a point where they talk about, they call it the stress threshold. And at that point, what happens is, okay, we cannot take any more stress. So that when the stress increases, our performance goes down. Mm. What nobody is talking about is, or at least not in, not what I have come across, is that stress is not the stress that we, f- so the stress in our environment is different to the stress that we feel inside. Yeah. Yeah. So that threshold is the stress that we feel inside. And that's why that stress threshold is different for different people. So somebody could be in a very stressful environment and still their performance keeps going up because they're not letting that stress go inside them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're touching on something I wanted to ask about, but I think you're answering the, a, a question I had, which was that you, I know that your coaching approach is rooted in, in insights rather than teaching new information. Is that what you're getting at here? Is yes. that you, you you help people see something that's already within them? Yes, 100%. So the reason why I say say that thing that uh, don't hear to what I say, focus your attention in what you hear, so your inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's because information is easily available. Right. You, you can go on chat GPT and ask stuff, <laughs> whereas... Uh, the, the, the key thing is to take that information and create something unique that is relevant to you. And that's when we have these insights. Another thing is, whenever we hear something new, we hear it to agree or disagree. Yeah. So we fail to get those insights. But when we are listening to our own self and not thinking, okay, whether it's right or wrong, let's see what my thoughts are about this. That's I- when we get the insights. One of my one of the first episodes I did, I've been at this around three years now, but one of the first ones I did, uh, I I titled the episode Assessing the Probability of Truth. And I, I made the case for like we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't just sit in an echo chamber, like go to our favorite political show that we just already agree with and listen to, you know, we should challenge ourselves. And at the same time, we should also consider whatever the other viewpoint is, like that there are very few just objectively absolute truths in this life in this world you know and 
so that we should actually assign a, a probability of truth to things we hear rather than just say, oh, yeah, I agree with that. It must be true. Or I d- disagree with that. It must be false. So I, I really, yeah, I really like your stance on that. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so yeah, you have, you have said exactly um, what I was talking about that once we start giving uh, agreement or disagreement, we fail to get the insights because we are busy. So there's things that we know that we know. There's things that we know that we don't know, but mm-hmm. there's law of it that we don't know that we don't know. Yeah. And that's where the insights come. So unless we are open for it, we won't learn. Uh, we won't get stuff. those insights. Can you can you share an experience, like a specific experience where you helped a client, whether it was an entrepreneur, a sports personality, an executive, see things from a, a new angle or achieve some, some sought after result? Yes. So I'll give you an example. So one of my clients once said to me that this guy at work really makes her feel frustrated. And I asked her, um, are you frustrated just now? And she said, yeah. And then I asked her, is he with you just now? And she said, no. And then we sat in silence because we asked her, if if, if that guy may, make, makes you feel frustrated and he's not with you just now, why are you frustrated just now? Hmm. And she realized that it's not the guy that is making her feel frustrated. It's her thoughts it's about her thoughts. what the guy does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so helping people see that so, so a question that I always ask is, what does the quality of your life depend on? Does it depend on the physicality of it or the experience of it? Experience of it, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but sometimes people think does the experience not depend on the physicality of it? Hmm. But what if that's not true? What if all our experiences are inner experiences? Yeah. We don't see the world as it is. We, we see the world based on our perception, yeah. based on our filters. I, I love it. Let, um, you mentioned somewhere else that it's not motivation that people lack. You can watch a Tony Robbins video and you can get motivated in a few minutes, in a moment. But it's commitment that we lack. Tell us how we get commitment. It, it, where you said that, you you said that when you're committed, um, you're, you're, you're committed when you don't have an option B. And you gave the example of like if your baby cries at night. You don't need motivation. You're committed to the welfare of that baby. So you get them to take care of that baby. Um, but if we want to achieve something, we should eliminate the other option so that we don't have an option B. Tell us how to do that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So it it could be as simple as, and, and commitment, just like motivation, is short-lived. And that's why we, we need to recommit. We need to uh-huh. remind ourselves of subconscious mind. 90% of us is like our day-to-day responses come from subconscious. So we need to be constantly reminding it, okay, this is important for me. Uh, and I, I want the subconscious to be with me. So often what people do is when when, when they're trying to achieve something, they they have, okay, if, what if it doesn't work? And they have that, uh, that sort of uh, plan 
there. What, what I encourage my clients to do is assume that it will work and go all in because it will work until like you will work until you, it works sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll give another example of a, of a child learning to walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless the child has a medical condition, no matter what circumstances, situations, family background they are in, no matter what part of the country uh, of the world they are in, every child learns to walk. Yeah. Because they or anybody around them is not counting how many times they fall. Hmm. There's no option. He's going to walk and he's going to keep trying until it, he walks yeah. or she walks. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. Nice. Um so your your website it's uh it's called superhumaninyou.com. What what is superhuman in you? What tell us what that's about? Yeah, so if it's okay, I'll share a bit of my story um, in order Please. to give context to that. Sure. So I came to UK, I was still a teenager, came to UK in 2005 with an ambition to open my own restaurant business. And I came here with 100 pounds, few clothes, and you know in the country. Initially, I was renting a sofa in a student accommodation. And... Uh, the first day I came in, I started looking for a job, obviously, because I needed money to survive. And from 2005 to 2011, I worked in different restaurants in senior management and saved up some money to open my restaurant in 2011. So it, it required a lot of, lot of hard work and a lot of uh, determination to make it happen. But it happened. And it was running, doing great. Within six months, we were running a very successful business. I had about 10 staff working for me. But then a series of events happened within a week that forced me from thinking about buying my next restaurant to kind of having no place to stay. Hmm. And, and I'll give you a bit of uh, like a short version of what happened. So one of my chefs one came, came to me in the afternoon and he's, he, he had tears in his eyes and he said, his mom's not well, so he need to travel back to his country urgently. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, he's been working hard for me for the last six months. So I had no reason to not trust him or anything like that. I said, okay, I will give you the money for tickets. And he needed some money to pay the hospital bills for his mom. So I gave him some extra money, basically any personal money I had. Mm. But in the evening, CID comes in the restaurant, crime investigation department. Mm. And they were looking for this guy. So I knew, okay, well, this guy is not coming back. He's obviously done something wrong. I'm right. not getting money back. It, obviously, it was a big amount of money. So it was a setback. I couldn't sleep that night, especially because... You, you know, you feel that when somebody lies to you and and you, right. I've kind of felt cheated. At that time, I wasn't in the state, my mental state I am today. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't sleep that night, but I had to make sure that the restaurant is running because my visa was based on the restaurant. So I next day, I continued running the restaurant. But a couple of days later, I when I go to deposit the last two days of cash into the bank, I realized that this guy also managed to take my checkbook, forge my signatures, wow. and take take the money out of the business account. Wow. So if I had gone maybe a day before, I would probably have, could have done something to stop that money, but no, it, it was gone. We couldn't, we couldn't recover it. So again, a very, very big blow, but I had to make sure that the restaurant is running because uh, I, I wasn't prepared to go back. So right. I came back to the restaurant that day as well, still couldn't sleep for last few nights, but trying to run the restaurant, make sure that it's running until I figure out, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay the wages and everything? A couple of days go by and something else happened. So a lady from the local council comes in 
to inspect the place because we were a new restaurant we were doing inspection anyways she keeps she comes in she does her inspection and she finds some issues in the way the wiring was done in the restaurant and she said it's not safe to operate you need to close it down until you get this result so i was not at a point where usually it would be okay to get the work done and get back open as soon as but no i don't have money to get right. the work done um so at this point i started thinking that the universe is conspiring against me i must have done something wrong right, right. why everything is happening uh, at the same time and just when i thought it couldn't get worse something else happened so somebody must have noticed that the restaurant is shut a couple of days later uh, and they broke in and because i was having issues with the bank i was putting the cash in the restaurant for last 2 3 days oh you're open. kidding no way and they took all the cash oh my goodness gracious <laughs> and wow. and it 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 felt like as if uh, you know you you fighting one of those kickboxing matches and and you're knocked out but somebody comes and kicks you again oh, that's that's how it felt like but i didn't have any money to pay the rent and at that point i was constrained closing the restaurant going back but till i figure things out i thought well i need to stay somewhere somewhere so i moved out of my flat and moved into the storeroom of my restaurant which uh, mind you was a cold and dark place because council cut the supply hmm. so i spent about four nights in the storeroom asking myself the same question over and over again and the question was why me why this happened to me because i was a big believer in karma you do good things good things happen mm-hmm. you do bad things bad things happen mm-hmm. so i was constantly thinking i must have done something terribly wrong to deserve this and obviously the more i had that question why me why me why me the more sad and depressed i got because all the things the little mis- to big mistakes i've made in my life started like i was repeating in my head and i felt even more bad even mm-hmm. more guilty until the fifth night a new thought came in my head and this time the thought was not why me but why not me hmm. i thought when bad things can happen to small kids in war zone countries surely they haven't done any bad karma right then why not me hmm. and that's when i realized maybe it's not about good karma bad karma maybe sometimes things just happen it's what we do about it and that thought shifted my perspective and is kind of the foundation of my coaching just now and um, which you'll probably see on 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 the banner of my linkedin profile all all social media profiles as well and that is life is like a game a mm. game that we cannot control yeah sooner we accept this better we play and while we cannot control the game we can all become a better player so i managed to get the courage after that thought so that's when i realized so first time the power of our thoughts we don't experience reality we experience our thinking right so got the courage back up uh, opened the restaurant one year i had to work a night job and do the restaurant in the morning uh, during the day sorry in the evenings and the restaurant was back in profit again in 2014 when my son was born i decided okay restaurant career is not for me so i go to google and i say google tell me what is the, i'm starting a new family so tell me what's the most stable career in the uk and google said it's accountant <laughs> so <laughs> i decided to become an accountant wow 
started studying accounting, nothing would go in my head because of all the damage I'd done, working long hours and stress and everything. <laughs> so I knew, okay, I have to work on myself first before I learn something new. So next yeah. two years, I spent working on myself. So I did meditation, mindfulness, neuroscience, psychology, NLP, basically all personal growth stuff. I, I, I did it, biohacking. And what that did was I managed to finish a three-year accounting qualification in nine months. And that's what, when I realized that I found something and I found something, I need to share it. So I started working for a big four accounting firm and in lockdown, uh, when I had a bit of extra time, that's when I wrote and published my first book, The Power Within, you probably see in the background. Mm. Um, and the book is on meditation. And that book went on to be a US Amazon bestseller. And more people started approaching, especially friends and family who seen seen this see me actually when when i was making that transition so when i managed to finish that nine months uh, the three years qualification in nine months my friends started noticing it and that's when they would say man how are you doing this you have a young family and uh, obviously you're not sleeping plus you're running a full-time business and you're finishing this qualification in such a short time and they would jokingly call me man you're a superhuman <laughs> so that's when that's when the name of the company came into my head, Superhuman in You. So I registered a domain and started blogging at first. But it was after my book when people started approaching me and the idea of becoming a coach came into my head. So in December 2020, I decided to I'll go all in. And here we wow. are. Man, that is a fascinating story. It really is. I'm I'm blown away. Um yeah, I, I mean, that's just amazing. And, and to, cause you know, a lot of people would have just folded up, packed their bag and just gone back to wherever, you know, mm -hmm. wow, that's, that's, that's amazing stuff. Uh, tell us again, the title of the book. So I've written two books, um, the power within, the uh, power which is, within. yeah, which is 21 day meditation challenge, 21 different ways to meditate. And my second book is mind 2.0, which is, uh, basically the understanding of human mind and its potential. Okay. Uh, what else you got going on now? And, uh, you know, how can people find you? Are, are you working on a third book? Yes. So my third book is on leadership, leading with HQ, Human Quotient. Mm -hmm. So it's about uh, understanding people and uh, what what motivates them and what inspires them. Okay. And uh, and so if, if people want to uh, follow you, I'm, are you most present on LinkedIn, I suppose? Yes. So LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, the two platforms I'm most active on. Um, they can also go on on my website, superhumaninyou.com, where they will find all, all the platforms I'm, I'm available to connect. My business is driven by just one mission, and that is to positively impact 1 billion lives. So yes. Um, I saw that. I was going to, I was going to have, I'm going to save that one for uh, when you come back on for a round two, I got to have you back on and there's, I, I didn't even get to half my questions. Um, well, I will link that in the show notes, uh, superhumanyou.com so that people can find you and, uh, they, they can, I'm, I, I'll put the names of the books so they can find them on Amazon, but can they also go through the website to at least get a link to the books if they want to buy those? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. On the website, this links for the books too. Oh, okay. I will put that in the show notes. Uh, well, that is all folks go check out superhumanandyou.com. Um, I'm telling you, I, I, Anurag, I would hire you as a life coach. I, I would, I've had several life coaches on uh, the show before and there's nothing against them, but I, I, I would be knocking on your door, my friend. Um, so go check out superhumanandyou.com. Go check out what Anurag's got going on. Um, 
do that first. After you do that, go over to zensandwich.com and buy us a cup of coffee, like a good venti-sized coffee from Starbucks, not a Waffle House coffee. Uh, I, I joke. I, I always hate asking for donations and sponsorships, but it keeps the show going. Every little bit helps. And like I said at the beginning, I'll give you a shout out on the show and send you a postcard. Thanks again to Elizabeth Smith for her contribution. Anurag, uh, thanks so much for your time today. Very, very insightful stuff. I knew it would be. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.